All right. It appears our fellow Americans think that this uh, nation state of America just happened. So we're just, you know, not worth it. But it's not worth defending. No. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. <laughs> that always cracks me up, too. When, when you get out there and, you, and you, you ask this, it's a very simple question, really. Would you defend the United States in an emergency, in a, an event facing another nation? Would you do it? And, uh, well, it's, it's interesting what people say and how they say it. And we get this from Echelon Insights. It purports to show that 72% of American voters would not be willing to fight for their country or, you know, if they faced a major conflict. Which is astounding. (laughs) That is simply astounding to take in. Now, the poll of 1,029 likely voters was obtained by Newsweek and was conducted October 23rd to 26th in the days following the heinous Hamas terror attacks against Israel on October 7th. And that the overwhelming majority of U.S. adults apparently would not be willing to serve in the United States military if the, you know, if the country faced another major war is concerning. Given the extreme tensions in the Middle East, in Iran, in Russia in China, and in North Korea, the modern-day axis of evil. Now, by contrast, though, a Daily Mail poll conducted by JL Partners and released earlier last month found that 64% of 1,000 likely voters were willing to die defending the United States in the event of an invasion. But it also showed that fully 30% of Americans aged 18 to 29 would rather surrender than die fighting for their country. And they found that less than half, 46% to be exact, of Democrats would be willing to fight, die fighting for the U.S. <laughs> ah, this just kills me. It kills me. It kills me to think in these terms. It really does. It truly does. Because, uh, I don't know. First of all, an invasion. An invasion of the United States is not very likely, except by invitation, what the, what the president's been doing. Not, not a kinetic one. What they want to do would be more of, a, more of a guerrilla warfare thing. But then again, considering what they believe, i got to ask the question that we have to consider once again as we think in the blue mindset. We've got to apply the blue mindset. As we apply the blue mindset... Uh, well, why would they lay down their life for a nation that they despise with the oppressors? You know, we're the oppressors and we're Trump supporters too. The U.S. military is predominantly manned 
by people from the southeastern corridor and the rural areas and from families who have a history of service. Uh, These areas and families tend to be more conservative and Republican and patriotic. This is not a this is not a surprise. Now, you know, I was talking earlier about what's, uh, you know, they were they were planning kinetic action in, uh, you know, direct action in New York. And what would happen in New York if that happened is the New Yorkers would be sitting there going, I don't know what's happened here. The government needs to fix this. Well, who did you vote for? The government. Now, don't get me wrong. No sane person gets out there and says, what are you doing today? I don't know. Let's go into combat and see if we can get ourselves killed. But see, I I think in this, we find the problem with the blue people. Because if you don't have anything to die for, you really don't have anything to live for. Sometimes there has to be something that is greater than yourself. So... We can look at why we won't fight, I guess. And 21 reasons, some admittedly tied together. Nearly all of us have become soft and spoiled by our relative wealth and ease. And a lot of us are very entitled because of that. And the leftist identity politics is tearing us apart. Our kids have been indoctrinated. And the media incessantly focuses on our differences and highlights any act of bigotry. Or they make one up sometimes. If you are a, uh, you know, a Caucasian, you have been branded as bad, racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, etc., courtesy of the uh, 1619 Project, CRT, the hashtag MeToo movement. There has been a pronounced and continuing loss of religious belief in church attendance. There's no underlying Judeo-Christian value there now. There's been a significant loss of belief in free markets. There's been a loss of belief in the benefits of freedom of speech, assembly, religion, the right to bear arms, everything else in the Bill of Rights. There's been a stunning decline in Americans' knowledge of American history. There is certainly little knowledge of the history of the rest of the world as regards to slavery and bigotry, racism, misogyny, results of communism. No dissemination of this at all. An extreme dearth of knowledge of past societies, their forms of government, and how these governments may have been aided near lack of total lack of familiarity for the concept of natural law and natural rights a growing better dead than red mentality blue no matter who a pseudo form of hypertolerance considered a value above all others except if you're dealing with an unborn baby or a jewish person a lack of familiarity and experience with firearms vehicles machinery and a desire to stay largely to largely stay apart from them and, uh, of course, there's always the helicopter parenting, always with the helicopter parenting, which prevents a kid from experimenting and developing a spirit of adventure. The attacks on toxic masculinity, which is we, something everybody needs. There's a lot of us that are too distracted by watching sports and streaming TV shows and video games and gambling and social media and porn. Then there's the ones that want to self-medicate via the pot, alcohol, fentanyl, opioids, and Getting out of shape. And, hey, I was guilty of that. I was guilty of that, right? So, considering what we got to work with, is it any wonder that a bunch of of out-of-shape, ignorant people have been told that the U.S. is evil, that they're reluctant to fight for the country they've been told to, uh, you know, to fight for? And they're, they're, you know, how how, how, how can you live in this country and not want to fight for it? 
How? So, as we know this, let's not focus on blaming things because that's not going to get us anywhere because we still have the problem. We can get out there and we can assign blame after we solve the problem. And somebody's going to go, but Bill, how do you solve the problem if you don't see what the blame is? We know what the blame is. The blame is not paying attention. We haven't been paying attention. Now, around here, I don't see that much, as much of what I'm talking about as I would say in somewhere else. But then again, I haven't done a poll here. The other thing about these polls is it really depends on where they take them, right? It really depends on where they take them. Because um, I, I would love to know where this poll was taken, for example. They, they say, well, it's 1,029 voters. Okay, great. Where? Where was this taken? Was it taken in New York City? It certainly wasn't taken in, uh, you know, somewhere in Oklahoma. So, um, having said all that, we're going to have to find a way to solve this because we're going to need this one day. Because next, in the next generation, things begin to get sideways, don't they? Yeah, we can't afford that in the next generation. No, that's that's not something we want to look into or, or, or cultivate. What happens when you find an American that is rich, lives in China, and is promoting Hamas? What do we think of this? Right here on News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, I think uh, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. I don't think that I actually know that. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. You guys are already weighing in <laughs> on this, and it's pretty funny. But uh, do we have a call, Will? Do we have somebody calling in? Well, let's talk to Thomas in Highland, North Carolina. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Uh, talking about this poll about um, people not wanting to serve the country anymore. Um, I forget the name of the political philosopher that said it, but um, it's kind of a truism that patriotism is the province of scoundrels. And if you think about it, um, there was a term coined in the Vietnam War of being wasted. That's a young man dying for nothing. And if you think about it, the United States has basically lost every war it's engaged in since World War II. Well, we certainly haven't won them. Well, sadly, and I love veterans and appreciate their sacrifice for the country. But frankly, everybody that has been maimed, blinded, crippled, died since World War II has effectively died for nothing. They died fighting for... Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily that, say that. I think you're missing a point. When you get into the military, and a lot of people join the military for a lot of different reasons, and it's, it is a 100% volunteer service now. I volunteered knowing what you just said in 1984. I volunteered for it anyway. And I volunteered for it because of uh, what happened in Beirut at the Marine Corps barracks. 
Now, I spent the majority of my time uh, in the, the most dangerous place I ever went to was Europe when the USSR was in full effect. And our being there caused the Soviet... There was a lot of things going on within the USSR, but in the end, uh, we won that without firing a shot because the USSR dissolved. Of course, they're trying to make a comeback now via Russia, but, you know, that that was a, that was a successful story. But you're right, we haven't really waged a war since World War II. We have not gotten behind a war... 100% mobilized things in, in industry and everything the way, do, way we did in World War II. But when you talk to somebody that has served, it's not when you actually get into a unit and you're out there and everything, this is more about the people you work with. So if you, and when they, when you know, when you hear these guys getting out there and throwing themselves on grenades and dragging people through gunfire and all this other stuff, it's because of their buddies. It's because of that, that, that brotherhood that is created yeah, out yeah. of that. Absolutely true. And the sacrifices of the veterans, especially those who have been maimed and died in service to the country, is is honorable and to be praised and is praiseworthy. But I heartily discourage young people from joining a military that serves a globalist, fascist regime. Well, I I do, too. Tyranny all over the world. I, 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 I do, too. I do, too. Believe in. Well, I, I do because I, I just uh, I discourage people from joining today because they're not actually concentrating on their mission, which their mission is to go out and blow things up and kill people. That's their well, mission. Well, there are plenty of other ways to serve, to defend the country, for instance, serving as a police officer, uh, things of that capacity without being a... Well, you know, you, 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 don't take, you don't take police officers and... Uh, uh, you know, police officers, yes, that is a good way to serve. And I, I, I back law enforcement 100%. Every time I do a upstate warrior solutions, I invite law enforcement to come to that and I feed them. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm behind them 100%. But, uh, law enforcement and, and, and military, two different things. Cause in the military, I don't have to worry about how somebody feels when I'm rolling up on them and I'm not trying to find anything out about them. I'm just rolling up on them. And if they're in the way of my mission, I'm rolling over them. And that's it. Well, until now, when you have to save, serve in a tank crew with some tranny that's got to, you know, dilate himself and and whatever they do. <laughs> well, I don't. I. I mean, did you? How do you, do you have firsthand knowledge of this kind of stuff? Yes. You do. With what? I'm just curious because I I, I I haven't been involved in the military in 33 years. Um, not. Personally, but vicariously, and speaking to people that are presently in in the conditions that they're serving in. Well, I mean, most of the time, when when somebody is on a tank crew, they're not a trainee anymore. They have gradu graduated from training, and now they may have to learn the job. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's you get out there and you get your certificate, and you're like, all right, because like driving an M1 tank, that is an MOS all by itself, and you you oh, get not your a trainee, a, huh? not a trainee, a trainee. A transvestite. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, that's a whole different thing now. And if they're, and that's why I discourage them from going there because that's not part of their mission. So, <laughs> right. Exactly. So you and I, you and I agree on most of this stuff. But I, I, I would tell you that uh, once you get into the military, it becomes less about uh, all of the noble defending the country, the government, the the Bill of Rights, and it's all about the group you're in, the, the group of guys you're in. Now, if you're in a group of guys nowadays with some, uh, you know, some transgenders and some other people that are uh, affecting your mission preparedness, 
hey, I get it. I understand. But that's the problem. See, in the military, when I was in the military, if you served in the military, you had to be deployable. And if you couldn't be deployable, they just put you out. Because everybody had to go if something went up. And now they've set it up where, you know, if you're a guy and you want to be a woman and you got to go through all of that, uh, all of that uh, trans transitioning nonsense, you're not deployable. And then after you go through it and everything, I wonder how deployable you are then because now you're a hormonal mess. How, how do people like, how are they going to get security clearances? Well, it, it's been true of every uh war in the history of mankind that ultimately on the battlefield a man's fighting for his brother next to him but uh in the reality of today that this just is not the america that you and i used to believe in oh no no i sit i sit back on a daily basis i sit back on a daily basis thomas and i look at my time in the military and i wonder if i enabled if i was part of an enabling thing i think we largely enabled uh, the government just on the sheer basis of our strength uh, post-World War II going into the Cold War to the end of the Cold War. I just wonder if we enabled them to get us where we are today. Oh, Don't absolutely. Get- it, it's put Klaus Schwab and the Bushes and all of the New World Order globalists in power. It absolutely did. Yeah. Now all we got to do is just recognize it for what it is and hope that uh, – I mean, if something bad was going to happen, I would want it to happen in my time. Because I would want to participate in it. And I suspect, and, and this this is the one thing, this is the one strength, especially of this area, because this area is full of a bunch of raring back veterans today. And I don't care how old these guys are, they're all dangerous. And they all have capacity, which means they're willing. And that's, what, that, that's the difference between... Uh, a warrior and just a regular person. They're willing. And um, I hope it happens in my time. Whatever whatever it is, I hope it happens while I'm here. Because I'm going to participate, and I'm not going to be alone. And it's going to be that brotherhood that rears up its ugly, painful head for whoever decides to attack the way of life. That's all. That's all. I, I'm afraid our uh, a way of life has already been attacked from within our Oh, sure. Absolutely. It has. Absolutely. It has. And yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm looking for there's a there's a realization coming and it's going to happen to the people who have put us in the position because it's not going to happen to us. They're not going to come after us and attack us. They're going to attack them because they're the ones sitting back, you know, thinking that everything is everything must be equal and and free and all this other nonsense. But in any event. Thank you for your time. You have a very good Thanksgiving. Feel free to call me any old time. Yes, sir. I understand that. I get that. I I, I fully understand that. But by the same token, I sort of, you know, I I look at all my veteran brothers that are out there and I I think to myself, I, I don't spend as much time as I'd like to with them, but I'm very happy to be in that group of people. Now we'll go on to that 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 scoundrel in China that's a Marxist and is is backing pro Hamas and pro Marxist stuff. We'll get to that next, right here. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. Probably never heard of Neville Roy Singham or his wife Jody Evans. 
Allow me to introduce you to them. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. They, 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 uh, they had a company that made them rich, and they are affecting your life and the world in, in interesting ways. Rich Marxists who live in China and finance anti-American and anti-Israel propaganda. A report from the Francesca block of the Free Press explains that most of the pro-Palestinian protests that have not spontaneously popped up across America since October 7th have funding from a single source, Singham and Evans. They started uh, donating in 2017 to something. It's a Manhattan-based entity called the People's Forum, which in turn is the moving force behind the protests. And they put $20 million in the organization, which bills itself as a movement incubator for working class and marginalized communities to build unity across historic lines of division at home and abroad. It's always the working classes. The workers! Now, where did this guy named Singham get get enough money where he can give twenty million dollars to 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 a, to a pet project? Well, he did it doing something called ThoughtWorks, a software consulting company he launched in nineteen ninety three in Chicago and sold in August twenty seventeen to the private equity firm Apex Partners for seven hundred eighty five million dollars. And if you go through their homepage, what you'll find out is this is what they got for their money. We're a leading global technology consultancy that integrates strategy, design, and software engineering to enable enterprises and technology disruptors across the globe to thrive as modern digital businesses. Ongoing digital disruption is challenging enterprises to keep pace with the accelerating rate of technological change. This is where ThoughtWorks can help. We've been at the forefront of technology innovation for 30 years. A lot of cash flowing in the... This is this is basically just advice. This is Dear Abby for the digital world. But they aren't just your ordinary rich leftists. They are very committed Marxists. And they have dedicated their lives to advancing the interests of China. Once again from the free press. But Singham is much more than just a Marxist with deep pockets. He's also a China sympathizer. He lives in Shanghai and has close ties to at least four propaganda news sites that boost the Chinese Communist Party's image abroad. Now, like Obama and Kamala Harris, he boasts a very long communist lineage. He is a true red diaper baby. And from a very early age, he embraced Marxism that came his way. Once again, from the free press, after spending his early days in Connecticut, he grew up partly in Jamaica. When he was 17, he joined the radical Marxist group and labor union League of Revolutionary Black Workers. And the following year, according to a 2021 blog post by Singham, liked all the disciplined cadre went to work in the factory. And the factory was a Chrysler plant in Detroit where he took a central role with the League, helping organize strikes and partaking in daily intense self-criticism sessions. <laughs> yeah. So in 1974, the FBI investigated Singham as potentially dangerous because of background emotional instabilities or activity in groups engaged in activities inimical to the U.S., according to a report which he published in a blog. 
Now, like Bernie Sanders, though, his wealth did not change his, uh, his faith for Marxism. Because it's every much a faith-based belief system as any other religion. In a 2008 profile in Fortune, Singham said that Venezuela under left-wing populist Hugo Chavez was a phenomenally democratic place and that Chicago, oh, Chicago, China's economic policies should serve as a model for capitalist economies. China is teaching the West that the world is better off with a dual system of both free market adjustments and long-term planning. Now, somehow or other, Mr. Singham found somebody as fanatical as him to marry. And uh, you, you should look him up. And right now, these fabulously wealthy communists are backing the Gazastinians. And despite the uh, Israel's socialist origins, the leftists hate the country. Then that's because Israel is a reminder of God. God is not good in their view. God is a reminder that people are spiritual beings who transcend that all of that which the left obsesses over, and even more importantly, that are greater moral principles than anything that government can impose on the masses. But, you know, we can't have that. No, that's not what we're going to put our money in. We don't, we, we don't want God. And that's why every one of their causes basically re replaces God. Every one of their causes is a something that is has got to happen or life as we know it will end. And they're putting their money where their belief is. And uh, you just don't, don't you just wonder how they don't have some sort of an epiphany when they strike it rich and say to themselves, well, this is all, this wasn't due to central planning. This was due to my planning. The individual, the the free, the, the capitalist system, and you know, at seven hundred eighty, you know, seven hundred eighty-five million dollars—that's uh, three quarters of a billion. You know, uh, that sort of tells me he probably doesn't have to worry about the light bill or anything. So, you would think that that achievement in and of itself would put the Marxist tendency or the Marxist philosophy on its back, but it doesn't. They just look at it as a means to finance some of this stuff. And whenever you're financing leftist causes, there's going to be some violence cooked into this. Don't kid yourself. There's going to be violence cooked into whatever they come up with. So, there you have it. That's who they are. Go check them out. These people are, are bankrolling what's about to happen in New York. And when it does happen, this will be the guy. This will be the guy that made it all happen. He'll be the one that made it possible. Neville Roy Singham. And his lovely, radical wife, Jody Evans. One thing that the left has done, as far as replacing God, is they've replaced God with global warming. That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Sometimes 
people in charge, they think that they are acting as emissaries. JS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Come on. <laughs> and I'm streaming live as I trip up on myself on the WORD Facebook page. For millennia. You got your mic open, Will. For millennia, monarchs have ruled by a very divine right. Or so they think. They, a lot of them claim to be God's emissaries back here on earth. And for people of faith, you can imagine how that affects them. How could the great unwashed mass get out there and question anything that comes from the divine royals? And the paradigm kept the government authorities towering over those they ruled. But then came the Enlightenment and the Scientific Revolution, and that crashed through the walls of the absolute monarchies and uh, sort of uh, reoriented a bunch of political systems on the foundations of natural law, religious toleration, constitutional government, and individual liberty. But then 20th century postmodernism, and that's that's the underpinning of everything we talk about now today is postmodernism. That uh, led to a rise of religious agnostics and a growing uncertainty about even the existence of God. First, the philosophers stole the monarch's divine right to rule, then they convinced new generations to question God altogether. And both of these intellectual revolutions weakened the authority upon which governments ruled, or what they relied on, stripped any divine pretense. And from that perspective, it's easy to see why those with power today have gone all in on global warming. Somebody wants to know, can they get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! Um, so they have replaced God with the apocalyptic threat of climate change. And now they have effectively created a higher power that they have exclusive control over. Instead of beseeching citizens to follow God's will here on earth, they beseech them to follow the science. And the science, for its part, is treated as some kind of infallible religious scripture. And you can never question it. Now, it doesn't matter that all of this is based upon climate models that are programmed into a computer. And it doesn't matter that those climate models are wildly incorrect it doesn't matter that the research has been fabricated. It doesn't matter that sea levels are not rising or that the proposed solution for manipulating naturally dynamic climates is not going to go anywhere. But what they've done is they're trying to make it to where they pass a law, the science is settled, and once the science is spoken, no one of us lowly heretics may disagree with this. But... At its core, the whole global warming scam is based on three things. God's money and control. Now, those who think they hold the, you know, they have the control of the flame of science have regained their divine right to rule. And they have effectively, you know, they give us a spiritual choice. We can either follow the oppressive carbon neutral regulations that micromanages every detail of their, of the, of your life, my life, or we're going to burn. Now, and I'm not joking, this is not meant for you to laugh about it, but you, you probably don't think that John Kerry or Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates are gods, but they think they are. And it might make no sense for Barack Obama to own two luxury beach houses if he actually believes the oceans are rising. 
But his, his disciples are asked to ignore his actions and listen to the words only. These climate taxes and these green energy-induced inflations that are out there, this is the new tithing of the green of the green order, the new tithing, except all these new global warming fees exceed that 10%. So in order to save the planet and be redeemed, you have to handle all of your property over to the state and beg the Swedish gnome Greta Thunberg for absolution. Now, one thing that I find really interesting is you never see anybody protesting for green energy in China or Russia. Do you ever see that? Do you ever see the do you ever see the just oil people sitting in the streets in China or Russia? You certainly don't see them in North Korea. <laughs> do you see this in the Middle East? Do they go to Saudi Arabia and sit in the middle of the street? Well, they don't. And there's a reason they don't. The reason they don't is because uh, in, in cer certain countries, like in China, very likely you're just going to be run over. Ditto in, in Russia. Depending on who you get in front of. If you get in front of the Russian mafia, they're probably going to pull you into the car and they'll find you in pieces in a dumpster later. And that's just because they're annoyed. Now here, we don't see that. But the, any ruling government today that's out there, including ours, sees us as an enemy. And they're always trying to figure out how to hurt us into a pin. And the whole global warming uh, grift that's out there, they're looking for us to obey this. Just like we did COVID. We did it. They think we'll do it again. They think we did it with COVID. They think we'll do it again. Now, you and I are not the government. But we are America. And uh, so government is not the people and it does not represent the people. They may want to pretend to represent the people. But then when you ask them why we should elect them, they'll tell you, well, it's because I'm so dadgum smart. Because I'm so dadgum. And that's just the ones that understand they have to separate themselves from the herd. The rest of them are just going to get out there and say whatever their consultant told them to say. Yep. This is the new religion. And it's the new tithing. I'm going to do this again tomorrow in about 22 hours, I think. Give me a minute and I'll reset. In the, inter in the interim, you are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.